This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. I know you have had this conversation I'm getting ready to share with your friends and family. You know, it seems like in every family or friend group, there is that person. And every year, that person winds up on someone's Christmas gift list. And you know that person I'm talking about, that person who makes you ask the age-old question, what do you get the person that has everything? Well, you know that person. I know that person. We all know that person. So what do you do? Well, like any tech-savvy gift giver, I Googled it, and all kinds of retail solutions came up as expected. You can just imagine what that list looked like. But one thing caught my eye. It was a recent article in the New York Times, and the writer posed that question for her article and came up with some interesting options. Her article was titled 27 Gifts for People Who Have Everything, and it started this way, and I quote, We all have that one person in our lives who's nearly impossible to shop for. They own everything they could possibly want or need. They don't like tangible gifts or they're hopelessly picky. Well, that's the worst. Shopping for them can be a daunting task, but we're here to make things a little easier. Okay, end quote right there. All right, I have to tell you, I was intrigued, so I kept reading, and she did have some really good ideas. I mean, think about some of these. A weighted blanket. There is so much research out there that talks about how a weighted blanket can make people feel more secure, make them sleep easier. So again, interesting gift. How about a ring for your finger that tracks your sleep? I mean, just absolutely incredible. A book of the month club. I thought that was a really great idea. An old friend of mine actually shared a quote that said, the only difference in us five years from now are the people we meet and the books we read. So I thought book of the month club makes a lot of sense. How about a machine that makes fizzy water? Any flat liquid, it can turn into a fizzy soda type liquid. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. And then here's just one more I'll quickly share. I would not have thought about this gift in a thousand years. How about a doggy DNA test to learn more about your best canine friend? Well, you can check out the rest if you'd like, but let me change this around a little. See, I started my quest with this question originally thinking about God, the one who truly does have everything. And I asked myself the question, what would I give God for Christmas? First Chronicles 29, 11 in the ESV version says this, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. I mean, he has it all. Everything in heaven and on earth is his. So what could you or I possibly have to give him that he wants and doesn't already have? And yes, I realize that I have just posed a deep theological question, and I am sure there are very bright men and women, pastors, 
professors, theologians, experts who could bring that question and answers to life in ways that I cannot even comprehend. But this is a short-form podcast that wrestles with the tensions around money and faith in life. So I would just like to share a simple answer from a professed non-theologian that I am, an idea that I'm offering to you and God for consideration. I believe this Christmas and every Christmas, you can give God the gift of progress in your journey of financial stewardship. I know that sounds simple in some ways, but in other ways, it's not simple at all. The reason I know that is there's over 2,300 verses in the Bible that deal with money and possessions and accumulation. Because truth, wisdom, parables, and stories that show us the right ways and the wrong ways to handle our money when our lives are devoted to God and we are following Him in our day-to-day lives. So as followers of Christ, there are things that we know He wants us to do. Well, we know He wants us to make more disciples, and He wants to treat others the way that we treat ourselves. And when we have said yes to follow Him, we know that He wants us to be growing closer and closer to Him every day every week, every month, and every year. And yes, one way that we do that is how we progress in our financial stewardship, how we handle our finances and our money-related choices. Well, in the upcoming months, I'm going to be spending more time talking about what I call money moments. I first coined this phrase in my book, He Spends, She Spends, and went into detail in all of these to describe the actions we take with and around our money. I want to introduce these nine money moments to you today for you to reflect upon because you do have the opportunity through these nine money moments to reveal your progress in your personal financial stewardship every day, week, month, and year. Money moment number one, spending. Is your spending smarter? Are you consistently spending less than your income? Is your spending honoring God? Those types of questions can give you an idea. Are you making progress in your spending? Money moment number two is borrowing. You know, have you eliminated or reduced your debt? Are you still in debt? Are you using borrowing or credit as a way to live a better lifestyle? Are you pre-spending your earnings before you have them? Again, because these are just some signs thinking about, are you making progress in your borrowing? Money moment number three is saving. Because it's been a tough year this last year, and people have had a very difficult time. Many of us have. But do you have an emergency fund or dollars set aside for short-term cash needs in the next one, two, or three years? I love the word picture in the scripture that says there's always oil and flour in a wise man's home. So when you think about saving, are you progressing in your saving? Money moment number four, investing. You know, are you growing your resources? Are you thinking about what that looks like? Do your investments reflect your faith? Again, just some questions to think about. Are you making progress 
in your investing? Are you honoring God with your investing? Money moment number five is giving. You know, is your giving increasing? Is it joyful? Is it a priority? Are you giving first before spending? Again, just a few questions to think about. Are you making progress in your giving? Money moment number six, paying taxes. Now, I am sure we could have a long conversation about this one, but the interchange with Jesus in Scripture where he says, give Caesar what is Caesar's and give God what is God's. Guys, we live in a great country. And like you, I don't always agree with what the government does, but taxes are a part of the world that we live in in the U.S., and we are in an incredible country. Money moment number seven plan wisely. Are you making good plans with your resources? Are you thinking about your budgets? Are you thinking about needs that may be coming up in the future? Are you thinking about, again, how you handle all the other previous money moments, one through six, as you think about your plan? So are your plans progressing in your financial stewardship? Money moment number eight, seek counsel carefully. We all need wise people around us. So do you have an advisor? Where do you go to get guidance and insights when you have a financial question? I'm so happy that you are allowing me to come alongside you on this journey. But personally, are you making progress in where you get your counsel? If not, God, let me encourage you to do that. And then finally, money moment number nine, pray continually. You've heard me say this before. I'm a big Oswald Chambers fan, and I love the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. And in that devotional, he writes that prayer is not preparation for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And I believe that, and Scripture supports it. So as you are thinking about the progress you're making on an annual basis, are you progressing in your prayer around your financial stewardship? All of us deal with some or all of these money moments. The question is, are they getting better day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year? Are we making progress in that? Are we getting closer to God in our financial stewardship by the way that we're progressing and improving around these money moments? And I'll share this with you. Money, just like everything else in life, this side of heaven, perfection is not an option. But progress is an option, and it's expected. So I'll close with the question that I asked myself. What would I give God for Christmas? Well, I'm going to let Peter answer this for us today. In 2 Peter 3, 18 ESV, he puts it this way. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And yes, as Peter clearly stated, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This Christmas and every day, it is a gift we can give our God. Our progress, the way that we're growing in our grace and knowledge of Him and how we apply that in our lives is a gift that we can give our God every single day, even in the progress we make in how we handle our money. May you feel God's presence and pleasure as you celebrate Christmas this year. You've been listening to Change For Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. 
Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.